You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about stop wasting money and only do marketing that works. I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, Derek Champagne. Let me tell you all about him. With close to two decades in the marketing space, he has obtained incredible knowledge around branding and marketing. He created a guide to marketing made easy in his book, Don't Buy a Duck, Stop Wasting Money and Only Do Marketing That Works. He shares his own personal experiences of what worked and what didn't as he breaks down the mystery of marketing one question at a time. The book shares solid marketing techniques that help promote strategic thinking and consistent execution, regardless of your company's size or budget. Welcome, Derek. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? Oh, Nancy, thank you so much for having me on the show. I think what I would add is that I am a student of marketing like many others. I've just been doing it for most of my life. I've just, for some reason, have always been interested in music and marketing both simultaneously. And so uh, I'm just like your listeners. I'm always looking for an edge and for a way to be a better marketer. Awesome. Well, we are super excited to tap into your knowledge. So let me ask you, there's probably a backstory behind on why you picked that title for your book about ducks and wasting time. (laughs) Is there a story and can can you share it? Absolutely. I'd love to share it. So the story actually happened when I was about eight years old and it was the, my mom always had one of these, every car she had had the same feature. And that was whenever we would drive by a yard sale, it would just eject us into the yard sale. She loved yard sales. And so this particular day, I remember we were in our yard sale chariot. It was a 1984 Oldsmobile station wagon with the wood paneling, green. You can probably picture that. That kind of dates how old I am. And, uh, and we actually went to this yard sale, and I went around the corner, and I'd never wanted one before, but the stars aligned for me at eight years old, and I saw an actual duck at this yard sale. And they had a little, little uh, string on its webbed foot. I named them quackers right there on the spot, and I said, Mom, I've got to have this duck. She knew something I didn't apparently. She said, are you sure you want this? I, I, for some reason I needed it. So I bought it and we put it in the, in, the, in the little cardboard box in the back of the car. And you know that feeling you get, that buyer's remorse, where, the, where buying something was more fun than actually when you got it, right? It could be a designer dress. It could be a boat. It could be hopefully not doing that with house, everybody. But whatever that purchase is, and you're like, ugh, that feeling. That was the first time I had that feeling. I remember it distinctly now. And uh, about the time I had that feeling, it, the duck literally flew out of the box and it felt like an albatross to an eight-year-old. And we had to pull over to the side of the road, drop it off at a neighbor's pond where it lived out its days. But it was my big lesson of, hey, there's consequences to that impulse buying. And so when I work with clients and we look at marketing strategy and they're getting hit with all these options, I say, hey, let's not buy a duck. And to make it positive is if you bought a duck, don't get stuck with the duck. So we help them find solutions of saying, hey, let's, let's work around this, but let's be smart marketers. And so there's some things you can do to, to be smart marketers. You know, here, here's what's challenging. In the 1960s, there was five marketing channels. Many of, many of your listeners have seen the show Mad Men. 
it was really easy back then. They would come up with a great idea and then they'd put it on a couple channels. It's either going on radio, TV, or print, right? Now we have right, over 70, sure. over 70 marketing channels now. So nobody should feel bad if there's some confusion going, where the heck do I spend my money? How do I get a return? And every time we turn, go onto Facebook or LinkedIn or another source, we keep seeing these new advertisements for new funnels and here's a new magic thing and here's a new shiny object and you gotta be on Snapchat. So the book premise is take a break, take a step back. Let's address some common things that I've seen happen in reviewing over a thousand brands over the past decade from startups to household brands. We've worked with international pizza companies and Ivy League colleges and, and startups. And we've seen these common crisis points. And so in the book, we say, let's, let's address these common crisis points first. Then you can be confident in choosing which of those 70 marketing channels are appropriate for you. I bet one of the places you start with are your ideal customer. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I call the brands Bermuda Triangle. And I, again, I keep emphasizing this, but we've seen big brands miss this. Some of, your, some of the listeners here have probably seen a commercial or seen an ad and said, man, they really missed the mark on that. I like that product, but what a, what a miss. And so the brand's Bermuda triangle is, is the first crisis point We say, who, who am I? Understanding who you are. The second one, understanding your target customer better. And then as part of that Bermuda triangle is understanding who your competition is so you can see what your competitive landscape looks like. But it's critical to understand your target customer. And if well, I can share... Go ahead, please. Yeah, let's talk about that. Do you have any tips on how people can really niche down beyond, beyond just like the demographics? Yeah, and let's start by talking about a relationship. And I know this sounds cliche, but I think it's really important because you've got to have a relationship with your customer. Most, most products and services need a relationship. We need an ongoing relationship with them. So think about your significant other, if you have a significant other, and how, how well does it serve you if you forget their birthday? How well does it serve you if they are a, a vegetarian and you take them to the best steakhouse in town? There's some basic things we need to know about our relationship, right? If we're going to have a meaningful relationship. So digging deeper to your target customer, you want to understand, obviously, this, the basic things like their, their age, their gender, their income, their ethnicity, their marital status, their religion, education, stage of life, their hobbies, their buying patterns, even political affiliations. But also, uh, we've seen... We've seen customers, clients who weren't sure of the geographic location of their, their customer, their target customer. That's scary. You've got to know where they're located. So we, like, we want to dig in and we want to make an emotional connection. When you start to build a real relationship and you understand the psyche and, and you're able to make an emotional connection with your target customer, you get a better idea of where they are and what's important to them. And that makes it easier to pick the venues you should be doing. So if you tell me, hey, you know, Facebook ads just don't work anymore. I've heard that so often, but we understand there's some challenges, some changes happening with Facebook. I get that. I get it. It's, it's changing all the time, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. For example, if you're, if you're target, if you're reaching somebody that's a 55 year old female plus they're driving Facebook mobile usage. So they're on that platform. So if you have a meaningful product and service to connect with, that might be a good platform for you. But it first goes to understanding more about your customer, more about your target customer, and then making communication with them that matters to them and not making it about your product. Make it about them. How are you gonna make their life better? What, make it there first. Show up, I like to show up in the, in the target customer's world several times to say we want them to stumble upon your brand and then have you be top of mind, tip of tongue so that they can make a choice to use your product or service when they are ready to make a choice. That's awesome. So the second part of the triangle, you said something about competitors and their profile. What's that all about and how do we build a profile for our competition? 
Excellent. And I've, I've been challenged on this before. And, and please trust me, I like to get challenged and ask questions that, that are the what ifs. I love those because it challenges us to be better marketers and to really critically think. And I've heard, well, Derek, you shouldn't be copying your competition. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm not, I'm not suggesting you look at your competition to copy them. But I want you to understand your entire landscape and the entire marketplace that you're going into or that you're in. And again, we've seen existing brands not know that. And then they've been surprised when they started to lose market share or surprised when some kind of technology, advance in technology allowed their competition to go ahead of them. So you want to understand your competition on several levels so that from the, what are they doing for their promotional offers? What kind of community involvement are they doing? What are they doing with their SEO, their paper clicks, their traditional media like mail and TV and billboards? What are they doing on social? How are they doing with engagement with their target customers? What's their messaging look like? What kind of reviews do they have? What are they blogging about? What are the PRs? What, what kind of press releases are they putting out? Understand them, all of your competition, not to copy them again, but so that you can see where there's a gap in the marketplace. Because if everybody says the same thing, and let me give you an example. We have, we have uh, worked with many dental campaigns over the years. And dentists always say warm, inviting environment. A lot of medical uh, commercials will say that. Well, at a certain point, if everybody's saying we have a friendly staff and a warm, inviting environment, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Because everybody can build a nice waiting room. I've heard people say we have a, a clean sterilization room. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You better or you're not in business. I've heard that advertised. So in the, in the sanitary or clean sanitization, of course you do. That is not a unique selling proposition. That's awful. We had one particular dentist who did not want to work uh, with kids. They really wanted to focus on adults who had had a bad experience in the past. Maybe they were fearful of dentistry. They really had anxiety. So what they did to address it, to stand out, is they provided these warm blankets and these massage dental chairs and even sunglasses and and headphones to drown out the noise, and they had calming fountains. It was a zen-like experience. So when we look at the crisis points in the Bermuda Triangle, we said, okay, they understood who they are, they understood their, their, who their customer was, and they wanted to separate from their competition. And so they started, well, you would hear radio ads from them that were talking about Zendistry. And nobody else was talking about Zendistry, only them, because they knew their competition wasn't gonna do it, and they knew they had a, a clear spot in the marketplace to stand out. So you heard warm, inviting office, or you heard, hey, if you've had a bad experience in the past, if you've had these fear and anxiety, come experience this tranquil experience. It's a Zen-like experience. It's Zen history. And see how that's that is awesome. <laughs> what a way to stand out. And people tell me, well, you can't stand out in healthcare and finance because we work with a lot of healthcare and finance. Actually, you can. But you have to really understand how you can make a connection. And I don't want everybody to want to use my product and service. But I do want when my target customer brushes up against my brand, if I'm going to go through the trouble of having a business and paying for the advertising and, and working on my brand and understanding my, my customer, why wouldn't I take that extra step to communicate with them in a way that they know they're a good fit the second that they brush up against my brand? So Derek, is that one of your superpowers or superpowers of your team figuring out somebody's unique position? Absolutely. But anybody can do that. There's some exercises too to go through that. But yes, one of the superpowers of our team is to sit down and go, where do you stand out? And we really do a lot of research. Uh, research is critical. We, we have an internship program here with the University of Arkansas. We're here in Northwest Arkansas. Kids get college credits for coming here and they all say the same thing when they leave. Wow, I had no idea there was this much research involved in building marketing. And there is. And, and the research side of it allows you to really understand where you stand out and what your voice can be. That's really cool because as a 
as a business coach, I always struggle with the word. Should I be a coach, a consultant, an advisor? And it might be that RAD, you've heard of that, where you mm. buy a car and then you see your same car all over the world? Yes. Absolutely. I, it seems like seems like the coach and consulting world is getting very, very crowded, maybe because I'm in it. So how do you help coaches and consultants niche down on how they're different? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, and I'm actually going to go personal example because us being in the agency world, we had a competitive, we had a competitive issue as well. We actually practiced what we preached and we actually niched down our agency after 10 years. We've been in an agency 11 years starting next month. And in January, we had to do our own niche down because we were in a crowded space. And here we are teaching others how to do this. And then we go, wow, we are really taking on a lot of competition here by being a digital agency and being all these other things. And so what we did is we niched down. So let me tell you how far we niched down. We went from working with almost every industry you can think of. We have quite a few clients. And we niched all the way down to working with marketing directors and CMOs in healthcare and finance of a certain size company. And that allowed us to get really specific in how we talk to them. So before we were talking to everybody, we can help you with your marketing. You need a video? We can do a video. You need a strategy? We can do a strategy. And now our targeted landing pages say, hey, you're CMO. We get your world. And our job is to be the Robin to you as Batman. And we are going to be a CMO's BFF. That chief marketing officer or your BFF. We stay in the background. We help build strategy. See how specific I'm able to get now? Yeah, that's awesome. And I bet you saw a huge jump in your sales. It's made a big difference. And let me tell you one of the surprise benefits, Nancy, that's happened that was somewhat expected because we were told by other consultants this would happen, but it was a nice surprise benefit. Our competition became our allies because we stepped out of their space and stepped into our own. And, and by doing that, we said, we are going to be the best at building strategic marketing plans. And we also stripped away what we offer, Nancy. We, we said, we're going to step away from doing everything and we're going to build amazing strategic plans and we're going to do a three-phase implementation program in and out for that CMO. And so suddenly we started getting referrals from our competition who said, hey, we're also niching down. And so we are no longer working with these type of customers and we referred customers out as well. So it really became an opportunity for us to do bigger partnerships because we weren't just saying we're everything to everybody. Absolutely. So you also talk about tired and true marketing efforts along with the old advertising still works. What are some examples of how you blend the new and the old to support these? Thank you. Yes, uh, I have a chapter in my book that is a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's uh, and I get challenged on it. Again, I like to I like to have the the brow go off and go. What is what are we saying here? And that is uh, that the yellow pages are dead and other lies businesses tell themselves. I knew that would get a lot of marketers kind of their hair standing up and say the yellow pages are dead. Well, I agree with you, ninety nine percent. I can't remember the last time I placed a yellow page ad, but I'll tell you this: with newspaper, we can still for a certain target for some mass tort campaigns we've worked on, we can still place a two by four black and white newspaper ad and get amazing results at different parts of the country when we're reaching the 60 plus target. So my point in that is to say that don't just, don't just assume that only the new things work. You want a healthy marketing mix. So if you understand who your customer is really well, you're real clear on what your brand is and what you stand for and what your selling pro unique selling proposition is, then you start to build integrated campaigns that show up where you can show up in your target customer's world in multiple ways. So, you know, I've heard that radio and TV are dead. That's just not true. We place a ton of radio and TV for certain types of customers when they need market share and need a presence. So we'll balance it. We'll say, let's do some digital strategies and mix that with the radio ad. And they both have a, their unique call to action or let's do a paper call campaign. And then we've got this Facebook campaign and then we've got this blog campaign. So there's ways of mixing traditional media with new media to get results. But what we always ask ourselves is this, 
picture two sides. On one side is your product and service, and on the other side, with a gap of say a moat or a river, is your customer. What is every way that we can build a bridge for us to do business together and live life and break bread together and walk back and forth? Ruling nothing out, no agenda. And that's how we always start building a campaign is saying what is every way that we could reasonably have a meaningful relationship? What does it look like? Would it be a newspaper ad? Are they looking at it? Probably not, but maybe. And so if, if that approach is what I like marketers to think as is saying, always start neutrally and say, am I missing an obvious opportunity to make a connection on maybe a really affordable platform? I like that. That's a really good perspective. Definitely like that. Well, social media is, I would say, on the new side of that. And many people think social media is the marketing strategy. That's probably one of the first questions people say, I just need social media. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Like, they think no. if they just get on social media, the customers will flock to us. <laughs> well, and I will say this. I am a very active social media user. And so I will, uh, we, we've placed campaigns for international pizza companies to, to, I mean, all kinds of cool, fun campaigns we've done. And we've gotten great results. We do Snapchat campaigns around college universities for tailgates. And so I'm no stranger to placing social media. And I understand its value. I do. But I will also say that I've seen a lot of people be disappointed when they put all of their eggs in that basket if it's the newest shiny thing. And so this is another thing that I've been preaching lately is I see a lot of, I saw an actual customer trying to reach their physical brick and mortar neighbor through a digital ad. And they had <laughs> never gone across the street and actually shook their hand. Can you believe, I mean, that's becoming pretty common now. And I say, get out, get outside, go old school. When I was, my, my past life, I was a musician in, in, in Hollywood for many years and I had an entertainment marketing company and we were out guerrilla marketing. My book, I talk about some pretty cool stories of when I played at the Johnny Depp's Viper Room and as a, in the house band there, and we did some great campaigns to fill that place up. But we had to get out boots on the ground and go shake hands and meet people and get creative. So I don't totally, right, totally you replace it all. Because, yeah, it's got to be a combination of online and offline. You've got hmm. to go. When I so I used to do 50 50, 50 online, 50 percent offline, hmm. and I realized it wasn't really working. So when I, now I'm doing 90% where I go out and meet people face to face and my sales and my client base has, it's grown exponentially because I'm out there. Like <laughs> it's just the way it works. So before I ask my fun question that everybody gets, let's talk about where people can find your book. It sounds like it's just jam packed with some really cool stuff. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, they can go on Amazon or they can go to don't buy a duck.com. Or you can actually text the word duck to 58885. Let me put that in the show notes. Text Thank it you. to, one more time. Uh, you can text duck, the word duck to 58885. Or go to don'tbuyaduck.com or on Amazon. Awesome. I'll make sure we get that in the notes. Thank you. So, absolutely. And it sounds really, really cool. And I'm sure you're getting a lot of press with that as well. Yes, we've done well with it. We were lucky enough to have Seth Godin to actually endorse the cover of the book and endorse the content. So that was a, he's one of my marketing heroes. So I was thankful that he read and liked the content. And we, we hit Amazon bestseller pretty quickly in several categories when in our launch, it's, it's continuing to do well. Congratulations. Way to land that with Seth. Thank, well, you know, I can share a tip on that too. And that is we wrote down 600 possible people that could endorse the book. And we contacted every single one of them and asked them to read it. We had a video trailer of like a movie trailer we made about the book. And uh, Seth was the one I almost didn't contact because I didn't know him. And I wasn't sure because he's, you know, he's such an idol for me in marketing. 
I mean, he's the, he, he is one of the, the main ones that gave the endorsement. So you just never know until you put a plan together and actually, uh, and, and actually just execute on it and be persistent. Yeah. Don't take yourself out of the game. I mean, if you don't, what right. is that one that hockey player says, the shot you'll always miss is the one you don't take. Right. Absolutely. I know it's, it's smoother than how I said it, but that's <laughs> no, the gist that's of it. The that's it. <laughs> Okay, Derek, here comes the signature question everybody gets on the show. Are you all set? I'm ready. If you had one more hour in your day, 25 hours every day, how would you spend your extra hour? Mm, I'm very productive with the hours I have, so I would take that extra hour and spend it with my seven-year-old son and my nine-year-old daughter and my wife. Oh, that's an awesome answer. Yeah, they probably would enjoy more time with you and just doing fun stuff. Do you... It's summertime here in Colorado. Do you camp or anything like that down south? We do some camping. We are in the natural state. So we do uh, canoeing, kayaking, camping, all the fun stuff in this, these beautiful, beautiful Ozark Mountains. Not like the Colorado Mountains, but they're, they're little hills. But they're, it's, it's like a miniature version, beautiful version of where you are. What a great answer. Derek, is there anything else that you'd like to add that I didn't even think to ask you? You know, sure. I would say I want to just quickly finish with the five crisis points that they are who am I understanding your brand well, understanding your target customer, having the right tools in place. We see often that uh, that campaigns, there's a real clear understanding about who the brand is, but then they don't fix their tools to match the quality of their brand and their message. And so we see brands, we see campaigns limp along because they're not willing to fix some small things. So look under the hood at the tools you're using. And then lastly, to have a plan, make sure that you have a marketing plan. Do start today if you don't have one. So many companies don't, it's surprising. But even if you're writing it down on a piece of paper, write out a plan, this is what we're gonna do, and then execute consistently. We have seen so much great strategy and creative work get on the cutting room floor because if you don't have implementation and execution, then really the creative and the, and the strategy don't mean anything. So build a plan and know who your quarterback is gonna to be to implement and have that done without fail. Incredible. And I totally believe that. If you don't have a plan and don't even work the plan, you're not going to get anywhere. So right. we talked before the call that if people wanted to connect with you, you have a really cool freebie you'd like to share. Can you tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. We have we have actually a my wife and I put together this this my wife's an expert marketer as well and, and she we put together this free guide to converting target customers. We go over how to use LinkedIn. Uh, and we are very, we get over 60% of our business from an initial LinkedIn contact and then an in-person meeting. We combine the two. We share all of our tips and even our messaging and our video that we use for that. I think it's a great tool. Um, and then several other strategies and it's a free offer that we have and it's at, it's at champagnemarketingcourses.com forward slash, right. forward slash Nancy Gaines. Champagnemarketingcourses.com slash Nancy Gaines. You got it. And that's a free offer. There's no solicitation and uh, that goes right to your inbox of a five-part video series. That is really cool. Yeah, video, I like making video, but I, it takes me a few takes. Are you able to get it one and done on the first shooting? I would like to say that I have, but absolutely not. There's a, I had to do a video this morning, and I did six takes of it for a new webinar. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the intro video. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. Yeah, everyone's like, just just pull out your phone and do it. Well, I speak all over the world in front of live people, and I find that is so much easier than doing a video where I'm just talking to my phone or mm. camera. Yeah, you're right. But, but, but I like that you're doing it. And that is my encouragement to people is to stay with it. And the first one you put out, you might have crickets. I know I have before. Uh, we do a weekly video series on, on LinkedIn, and the first couple of weeks was crickets, but we stayed with it. And we've pulled in 
quite a bit of business just from doing a free, we do a book giveaway each, each Monday. And it's, it's, there's, there's no pushback to our brand and, and that's brought business in for. So be consistent once you put it out there, know you're going to get crickets and critics, uh, but then just keep improving and be, as we said earlier, just keep executing consistently. That's awesome. Derek, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today. Lots and lots of really good tips. Listeners, I am looking for a few more business owners interested in becoming part of my CEO Inner Circle. It's a private coaching group. This is by invitation only for serious business owners with at least $1 million in revenue. Just reach out to me at nancy at nancygains.com. We'll have a conversation. And if you love this show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.